Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our next guest is. Hello and welcome to another Our Next Guest Is. This is a conversation where we meet the country's leading speakers and entertainers in the corporate and events world, and we meet the person behind the name. My name's Michael Pope, and I'm here with Carson White from Leading Voice. Carson, who is our next guest? Our next guest is an entrepreneur, a psychologist, a multi-award-winning film producer, author, and speaker. She's an expert in human behaviour and is renowned for creating powerful work cultures where people are engaged and respectful. As a result, she has produced over a thousand films, videos and e-learning courses used by thousands of businesses and universities worldwide. We're actually lucky to catch her before she has to change hats. Our next guest is Eve Ash. Welcome, Eve. Hello to you. I do feel that we're a bit spoiled and we're getting about 10 speakers for the price of one. On your passport when you're coming into the country, what do you write as your job? That's such a great question because I never know whether to write psychologist or filmmaker. They're the two main ones. It depends whether you're going well, into that, Hollywood or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that basis, Eve, psychology is where it all kind of started for you, uh, if I'm correct. What drew you to psychology in the first place? I guess I love the way people think, people's behaviours, why they do things my parents came from a Holocaust background. So it just kind of the depth of what people perceive as their world and how they can remain positive was the beginning. And I got trained as a counsellor. So that kind of experience and then turning it into the training world was really the stepping stone to the speaking. Did you work as, a, as an everyday clinical psychologist in your early days? I did work as an employment uh, counselling psychologist. Right. So helping people whose, you know, their self-esteem was low or to help them build their employability skills. When you started out in the journey as a psychologist, did you kind of know where you might want to end up with this or was it, has it been an organic journey for you so far? Totally organic journey where I gravitated to things like very early in the piece I gravitated to group counseling versus one-on-one because I found I was very effective with a number of people and getting people talking and engaged and then I kind of graduated from that to using film to communicate with people so Mm. I guess I've always had a bent on how does a group audience how do a lot of people get takeaways from what I might do. So that's where it all happened. Staying on that, what what is the essential difference for the listener or for the participant being one-on-one versus being one of maybe 12 in a room uh, with a therapist? Well, in in that sense, I'm more of a a facilitator Mm. in a room as opposed to a therapist. But I believe that people have experiences that others can share. And that when you're a speaker or a leader or a facilitator, you're not there to give all your information and people just sit there. It's an interactive process. So when you have a number of people in the room and you galvanise that energy and you get people talking, they come away feeling very empowered. They learn from each other Mm. and especially... When you're dealing with a group, say, from one organisation, you're building relationships that they will go on with. So I think there's a lot of benefits there. 
I imagine the enlightenment of it's not just me, I'm not alone in the way I feel is an empowering thought. Absolutely. Sharing the ups and the downs and hearing from other people how they got through a particular situation is vitally important when we're talking with people and wanting them to change behaviour or learn a new way of thinking or doing things. There are obvious parallels between speaking and psychology, but at that time, what was the, what did the speaking industry look like back? And I'm not suggesting that uh, that you are any older than 35 there, Eve, but um, <laughs> what did the speaking industry look back then when you were considering uh, potentially going into it? I guess I, I just started naturally by talking to people about what do they want in terms of career satisfaction, what do they, how do they want to expose themselves to a work situation? What do they want to do to achieve a good result in a job interview? And I started addressing large groups of people. So I became a speaker without really realising that mm. I was actually being a speaker and mm. people would choose me for events. And I think, oh, that's, a, that's, that's lovely. That's really nice. And it was never a living. It was a joy of something that I just, I just did. And it grew and grew and became very much a career. Before we move on to that career side, in my life as an MC of conferences, I have the joy of lifting the curtain behind a lot of different companies and industries. And what's interesting is the parallels between them all. They're all fearful of change and so on and so forth. At the human level, as a psychologist, are there only a handful of uh, ailments that afflict us all? Um, and if so, what are they? And can you help me? <laughs> Look, I think everybody has fears at time and even the most successful people at times lack confidence and lack persistence. And just those two qualities are what drives people to success. And those, those two attitudes can really be dented by somebody giving you rough feedback, you know, suddenly something's happened in the organisation and you feel terrible and yet you've been a successful manager, you've done really well in your career and suddenly you just go right down. Mm. And I think we all share that. I share that. I'm sure you share that. So it's how can we help people to get that switch back on so that they can get back up to where they were because the issues with mental health are... We all sink low, but when we're in a healthy state, we find the way to get us back up in a short space of time as opposed to being down for quite a period. So, so on that, are there a couple of, uh, a couple of really good tips that you have if, if there's anyone listening to this podcast right now that's, that's in that bit of a, a slump and they've had their confidence uh, dinted and they're now thinking, I just can't go on with whatever it is they're, they're trying to do? Yeah, look, it's really hard. Um, when you're down, you know, you feel like life is not that great. And so one of the tendencies is to generalise that everything is terrible, you know, mm. and you start thinking your relationship is bad, you know, your whole job is bad, your manager's bad. So to recognise that there is this feeling of doing that paintbrush over everything, which we have to not do. So we've got to isolate, okay, what is it that is the upset and how can I manage that? And the other thing is to get out of what I call the negative land of W. And in the negative land of W, people are wishing, 
whining and wasting time. So they're right. wishing it wasn't like this. They're wishing they had it better. They're wishing they had, you know, a better opportunity. They're whining they're being a victim and they're not working effectively. They're, they're wasting time, so they're not getting on with it. If you can recognise you're in the negative land of W, you actually have the chance to get out of it and mm. you can kind of laugh at yourself and you can kind of find what it is that's going to turn that around. It's certainly a new take on the WWW, which is a nice segue because I'm looking at your website, evash.com. It's just fantastic resource. Tell me more about that shift from speaking into video. I simply started using video when it became available in the corporate world to train other people in skills to show them what they were doing to film scenarios and people going oh they're really great and then it kind of accelerated and I very soon became a, a kind of mentee if you like of yeah. um, police who used comedy in yeah. films so at the same time as using film myself uh, to, that I made plus using the John Cleese training videos, I kind of came up with the realisation that we need a bit of laughter and comedy mm. in our world. So I started making comedy training videos very early in the piece and they got a worldwide uh, reputation and I'm still making them. Absolutely. And now don't be coy. Carson, doesn't Eve hold a record of some sort around this? From what I recall, you were the most prolific uh, film and video um, content creator on the planet at one stage, or still are. Is that correct? Well, I think single-handedly, probably yes, because, um, and in fact, just an hour ago, I was filming uh, some new videos, which we're making, and we're constantly churning out. And I, I don't really know why that is, but it just seems to be a, a sort of creative ability that I've been blessed with to turn, to turn ideas and helpful strategies into videos that people can use. How have you seen the way video is made now as opposed to when you were doing it? Um, does it have the same impact? Look, I think there are so many great videos now and to just see things go viral and to share things that are fun and interesting. I think that TED Talks have really taken the corporate yep. world into a whole new realm and they're wonderful. They're really, you know, when people need to self-educate, I recommend that's free, they can go there, even though it's, I guess, competitive to me. <laughs> it doesn't matter yeah. about you know, being able to do that. I'm looking at your menu of titles and you've got 27 different categories and the one that has just this one alone has 122 videos is communication skills. So I wonder if you could talk to that, Eve. But interestingly, the one that's only got 17 and it's one of your lowest is negotiating. So you must be one hell of a pushover when it comes to your fees for speaking. <laughs> I've, never, I've never said that sales and negotiation <laughs> were my absolute best skills. Right. Um, I will certainly make programs about them because that's <laughs> me learning some of the better skills and then going, right, that's a great skill. I'll put it in the video. Yeah. Whereas communication has been one of my strengths and leadership and, and managing people. And, and a specialty is dealing with difficult people and service situations. That's been years of work and developing those themes. Have you yeah. got a couple of nuggets you can tell us uh, regarding communicating? 
Yes, look, I think listening is one of the skills that people don't do well and particularly sorry, what, men. What, what, sorry, what did you say? Listening. Just listen. <laughs> that old gag. That old <laughs> gag, Eve, come on. You saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, people don't realise, like, listening is looking at body language, listening to people's tone, understanding the silence, you know, recognising what are people's concerns. So I think that if people can learn that and then responding with empathy, you know, and understanding the importance of asking people questions. Like sometimes leaders don't even realise how they can build a relationship with their team and they wonder why their team has become, you know, really unproductive or even toxic and they've not realised that a lot of the basic skills of communication are not being implemented. It's interesting you use that term listening with your eyes. Like in, in many ways, it, it is true is that is that as human beings, I mean, you can listen on a phone, but what do we love to do most is we love to socially interact and, and we don't even know we're doing it. Is there a skill with listening with your eyes? I mean, how would you define that? Well, we, we know that not doing it well is when people look past that person to see if there's someone better to talk to or they're looking <laughs> We all know someone phone. like that. <laughs> or they're looking at their watch or they're, you know, they're just, they're not maintaining eye contact. And does, bloodshot, just, does bloodshot hold us back as well? <laughs> Sunglasses do, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of um, if I'm talking to someone, uh, unless it's a, a ridiculously sunny day and you're, everyone's got their sunnies on, but to take my sunglasses off so you do get eye contact. That's just a habit that I have. And, um, yeah, I, I firmly believe eye contact is, is one of the core things that people don't do enough of in communication. Yes, and I don't know why, but some people have a difficulty with it in a group. They don't seem to include everybody in the group and a lot of people will direct their eye contact to, say, the decision maker and forget other people. Sure. Let's leave the videos for a moment, but I just remind our listeners, evash.com, there is a plethora of opportunities for learning there. But let's talk about Eve Ash, the woman on stage in front of a, a group, because I think the three of us will agree that the, the ultimate communication is face-to-face -face and in the same room. What does an audience get when they have Eve Ash on stage? Well, I like to tell stories that are relevant and I like to draw from the story in essential skills or strategies for that particular group. So before I'm even in front of a group, I really want to know what it is that the client wants to get out of that discussion and that session. And then the stories that are relevant can actually unfold. And I seem to be blessed with a lot of life <laughs> things that have happened um, from chasing a, a wrongful conviction and creating a TV series about it to discovering only 10 years ago that my father was not my biological father because my mother had an affair with a man on a bus. Right. Um, sorry, know, sorry. Did, right the affair, did the affair happen on the bus? It, it began on the bus. Oh, I, right, it I began, right. The, right. the actual yeah. conception took place on a beach, I found <laughs> out. So I've actually delved by finding the truth yeah. and found a lot of things that have been really powerful in public speaking because throughout them there's essential things like my father surviving and breaking out of a concentration camp, one of the few people to not be liberated but actually break out. 
you know, I've, I've really delved into what was his mindset, you know, what is the survival mindset? So I've really drawn from very interesting life experiences to actual skills that we need day to day at work. Wow. Is there one talk that really resonates with audiences more than any other? What's your killer one? Yeah, the killer one is probably having a successful mindset, having Ah, an ability, and and it might be scaled up if it's a, you know, a high-level executive team or, you know, at at the shop floor or, you know, service people. But I think having a positive mindset and not just delivering lip service cliches, really helping people unravel, how can I do that? What can I do to be a champion? And I love giving that talk. It's interesting you say that. We did, um, Company Leading Voice did a a survey recently out to our speaker bookers and and in terms of um, one of the, the most popular topics next to leadership, mindset and growth mindset was uh, was one of the top three or four topics that people wanted information on. So I think it's something that people are only now really getting their grasp around of, of just how important that mindset is. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. It's a great topic that companies can give their staff because you're actually getting something for the business, but you're giving people something for their life. Mm. And I, I love that's an added bonus of that. I mean, I love doing leadership workshops, but we're really focusing on mainly the skills for use at work, not that you yeah. don't lead things in your personal life, but the mindset skills are actually ones that benefit people right across the board in their lives and in the future. What packages do you offer PCOs? I imagine there's a keynote, but do you do breakout workshops, uh, two days? Uh, how does it work? I love it when clients want more than just a keynote and they ask me for example to MC a conference with the keynote or they ask me to facilitate an interview with the CEO or or leaders on stage Mm. I love doing that or I might be on a panel working with people and there's always the traditional run a workshop and sometimes I've said to clients you know I've said it laughingly. Look, if ever you have a speaker that doesn't turn up, I can give you a workshop, <laughs> feedback, skills, whatever. And I've had that happen to me on the day. They've said, oh, somebody's missed their plane and whatever. Can you do a set? And I go, yeah, absolutely. That's, right. I love that. I love that last-minute challenge because it just kind of puts you on your toes. And if you're if you're a good speaker, you know your material. You don't have to, you know, and you can tailor it on the go. So yeah, I I can be very versatile in for a corporation. And for many speakers, they don't have that skill. They have they have one or two topics and um, might be able to deliver a workshop but you having that skill to be able to just jump in the last minute. There are very few speakers in Australia that would have that skill set. Well, I think if you run a business, and my business is run in Australia and in America, if you run a business, you manage staff and you're making films about all the key strategies and topics, and I'm making a series at the moment where I interview key business experts on the insights and strategies in their business, like leaders, I'm learning amazing things, but I'm putting it in videos. And then I find I'm actually speaking about the things that I've discovered. So I think I have a constant channel of learning for me that improves my quality as a speaker. 
Fantastic. As I started by saying, you are one of the most multi-layered speakers that we've ever had. If you book Eve Ash, you get an MC clearly and a keynote and a workshop person. But the knowledge behind you, given that you're 35 years plus of exploring what it is to be human on this planet is such a rich resource and it's fantastic. And I very much look forward to going through these hundreds of videos. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> much, Michael and Patterson. Absolute pleasure, Eve. Well, um, if you'd like to learn more about Eve Ash and go through those hundreds of videos that Michael will be doing over the next few weeks, please go to eveash.com to learn all about her. That was Our Next Guest Is with Carson White from Leading Voice and your MC, Michael Pope. To hear more of our guests, you can find us on iTunes or simply visit www.ournextguestis.com.au. But until next time, let's take a break. Bye.